I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. I'm Bruce, and I'm joined this week and every week by Nolan. What's up, dude? Bruce. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's great, dude. I mean, it is Gorge Week. No offense to Utah, because that's uh, also this week, but this is a big week for uh, DMB fans. It is, and we had plans to go. But then my plans of having a child jumped that. So that's okay. Again, apologies. But uh, <laughs> next year, that's okay. Priorities, man. That's it's all good. Um, and this is episode twelve, everybody. Wow, we are uh, climbing up. And we had a special episode last week, Nolan. Um, it was one of our favorite ones, if not our favorite one. And you know, we really want to thank Matt yet again. Yes, if uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, Matt Norlander joined us, and uh, probably the most knowledgeable DMB fan that we have talked to. Uh, he's the man. It's a great listen, and uh, check it out. Yeah, he um, he put us to shame. I think you know he is. <laughs> um, it just I don't. I was not really motivated to do this podcast this week because I just was like, wow. That I mean, he just knows so much more, I guess, than me. But uh, Matt, <laughs> I'm studying up, okay? This episode is going to be really, really freaking good. Yes. And let's just jump right into it. We had a couple of shows. Welcome back, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, they had a nice, well-deserved break after West Palm Beach. And they landed up in high-altitude Colorado for Fiddler's Green up in Greenwood Village. Played a couple of shows there. Um, an interesting venue, Nolan. It seems like it's almost in the middle of like a business park or something. It looked really weird. Some of the pictures, I was unaware of this. It looked like some buildings or hotels kind of right there around it. it looked kind yeah. of interesting. And this show was a simulcast on Sirius XM, which hasn't really been that great sounding. I'm not really sure. Nolan, you actually listened to some of this. I don't really know why, but it is not doing the band many favors uh sonic wise no it does them negative favors i don't i don't get it uh they just sound flat it makes dave's voice not just not sound good and his voice has been good for most of this tour um but these shows i don't know what it is but yeah i listened to it or at least um a good amount of it driving back from charlotte on friday night after seeing queen which was fantastic wow brian may guitar god but Mm. yeah this one just kind of fell flat for me and uh 
just wasn't a lot to it. I mean, the band yeah. the band sounded good, like they always do, but just just kind of fell flat. Yeah, I think, um, and you know, we have talked about this before. It seems like sometimes these welcome back shows can be sort of a warm up uh, for the band, and yep. I kind of get it. You know, after a month off, they're probably not getting there three, four days ahead of time to rehearse. I mean, you know, they want to maximize their time with their family, especially as they get older. And I of think course. you know, this was just kind of one of those get back into the groove kind of shows. I mean, mm-hmm. lately, anytime, uh, besides West Palm Night 2, actually, anytime One Sweet World has been opening a show, it kind of seems like, oh, okay, this is going to be kind of more of a mellow, um, standard show where they're just going to play, you know, knock off their kind of most played list and um, and see if they can get back into the swing of things. Yeah, and we were talking earlier about how this reminded us of the tour opener in Pensacola that we saw, which also had a, what was it? One Sweet World opener, uh, (laughs) just kind of easing their way into the night. Yep, I agree. And um, as you guys are listening to us talk, you're also listening to the highlight of the night, and that is Jeff Coffin on Lover Lay Down. I mean... It's almost every single version that they've done this year we want to insert into the podcast because it is so good. And once again, Jeff just destroys it. This song, in general, it seems like they have been destroying for just ever. And he does it yet again. And easily the highlight of the show. And one of, I mean, Nolan, it's been like a highlight of the tour, really. Yes, it has been. And I will admit that I have pretty much always thought this song was overrated but this song is great and uh it's just a beautiful song that they are playing very well right now and jeff jeff does great things on this oh yeah and um (sighs) i hate to do it but we need to get into what really went down that night and that was the tour debut um i don't think it was a liberation it was not. Unfortunately, it was not a liberation, which means it had been played more recently <laughs> than it probably should have been. But um, Smooth Rider made its uh, made its appearance. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> very very odd choice um, to come out of the gates with. Just the third full band play actually since two thousand nine. So that's not really that bad. But oh man. It is um, not something that I think gets anyone geared up when it starts. Well, that's an understatement. When it, I was listening in the car ride live, and I heard the first couple chords, and I just go, oh, no. And Danielle was like, what? What's wrong? I was like, I swear to God, if they're playing Smooth Rider right now, I'm turning the channel. Sure enough, <laughs> it Did came on. Did you stay on. true to your word? No, I listened just to, I was like, maybe... Maybe it won't be that bad. It's like you can't look away. Yeah, but it was bad. It was the wor- It was worse than I thought it would be. Ugh. Buddy's organ just no thanks. Yeah, it. Um, you know, the only redeeming qualities from it, honestly, is probably Jeff being very aggressive on the berry sacks, which actually added a little bit of a punch to it, and you know that it was pretty short. Um, I know you, <laughs> you sent me a text. I think I was already asleep, and I woke up the next day and saw that 
you said smooth rider and they had an extended outro i was like oh my god if that's like seville 2006 that's gonna be brutal um and this Nothing is nowhere be near that, that because that was like 17 18 minutes this is only truly five and a half six minutes so it's not really yeah I mean, it's not even comparable. So anyone that was at Fiddler's and saw this and you want to complain, I mean, just get out of here because we were there in Seville when they were not really sure at all what to do. It was like at least six minutes of noodling to end the song. (laughs) Like That's the the worst thing the band has ever done. And, And maybe even the intro, I think, went on forever. Yeah. Oh. God, it was so bad. I would say the only acceptable version of Smooth Rider uh, would be a partial Smooth Rider, which I saw in Mansfield 2015, uh, like a two-minute partial Smooth Rider into two-step in the encore. Wow. I kind of, I mean, it was fine. Just because I was like, oh, what a surprise. And it lasted for two minutes. So that was, it went into two That's steps. That's about so normal. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't know. We've probably um, talked enough about Smooth Rider. Yeah. I, you know, we're going to play a little bit of it here. But another, I think, one, I hope this is the last time we talk about Smooth Rider for a long time. But um, the Dave and Tim version, I think, on the Europe 07 bonus disc is also okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like the riff to the song. It's just, you know, stand up just didn't have the best of lyrics and it is what it is. Whatever, Dave. Um, let's hear a little bit of the smooth rider. We've got a buddy solo here on the outro. I think you can hear the horns a little bit. And, um, hopefully this is the only time that we ever play smooth rider on this podcast.
Dave, you are a smooth rider. Man, what a song. Moving on. Uh, pretty much a standard into the set satellite lying in the hands of God. And then we get the 650th Gray Street. So, Holy smokes. Wow, that is a lot. That is that is since 2000. So they, they love like them it. some Gray Street. And so do we because it's the name of our show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I just wish they had the Gray Street lyric in there still. So whatever. And not the mm-hmm. not my favorite of endings to the show with every day and shake me to close out the set, but whatever. No. Then we get a nice minarets in the E1 spot, which is very, very sweet. While listening to this in the car, I was like, oh, I like what they're doing here with this. That's a that's a solid encore. Probably the best the best part of the night, um, in my opinion. Uh I did notice that the horns on Pantel and Agapampa are not great and i don't know if it's from listening to old versions lately uh with roy where he just like does his own thing and lets it breathe and just jumps in when he feels like it but that horn wall of sound sometimes let's just not (laughs) yeah it probably is just the dichotomy between um the old ones and the new ones they're just a little more aggressive now i yeah I agree. My takeaway from this show was like it is, it was the Buddy show, and I love Buddy. Oh yeah, I I think he's been a great addition to the band, but it, it's getting to be a little too much for me. Just oh, wow. yeah, I don't know. Maybe just because of this show had stuff like Smooth Rider, and then like people are going bananas in the crowd for every day, and yeah, it's like let's relax. It's every day. Like, I mean, I actually like the song. I do like the song, but like, it's just, it's not the buddy show. It's not. <laughs> and I think I'm bitter about this because because of Norlander. So oh, I wow. blame you, Norlander. Yeah, I'm going to blame Norlander because with his hot take of the band could easily, uh, not even a hot take, it's just a fact, could fill that void of Boyd. Ha, with by hiring a violinist and I'm I'm just starting to get annoyed that we don't have that violin sound but people are going bananas for keyboards no offense to anybody love you buddy but yeah that's my take yeah 100% um you know he's doing he's doing a great job i think really um if we wanted to change anything it would just be a couple of the songs that he chooses to use the organ on that just doesn't really fit in the DMB sound to me, in my opinion. Um, we, I agree. we love the piano and some of his keyboard stuff and he brings a lot of energy and I completely yes. understand people loving it. And, you know, every day has always kind of been a crowd favorite and sing along. So people get into it. Um, but I can definitely see what you're saying, your side too. So, um, you know, we're a balanced podcast. we, will you know bend at the knee to them and we will also you know call it like it is at other times but yeah. we also wanted to uh, cap off night one with an audio review from uh, a previous guest on this podcast mr 400 plus now yeah. michael deponio so michael take it away this is michael deponio reporting after the dave matthews band fiddler's green night one show in colorado they opened with a nice mellow one sweet world set a good tone 
Then the second song was Bayou. I know a lot of you out there are not fans. I am a fan of the song, and I, I do think that Buddy does a great organ solo at the end, very high energy. Other things that stood out to me were uh, Nice Lover Lay Down with Jeff, beautiful solo at the end on sax, and if you listen, you can hear Stefan doing uh, a lot of stuff on the bass. I'm a big fan of number 41. Sounded good with a good Tim solo at the end. I know you guys on the podcast are all about variety, so am I. So it was nice to see the tour debut of Smooth Rider. Really enjoyed the organ solo by Buddy at the end. You'll have to check that out. They seem to not being able to stop playing Can't Stop, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I know people out there do like the song. Uh, Lying in the Hands of God now seems to have, instead of Jeff soloing at the end on the sax, nice work on the keys by Buddy. Uh, I got to see my 200th Gray Street. It's always a highlight for me. I love how Jeff and Rashawn trade licks back and forth. Encore was great, I thought. Minarets, which you don't see very often in the E1 slot. And I know you guys don't really like Rapunzel to end the show, but I am a big fan of it, especially with the way Jeff and Rashawn go crazy at the end. Uh, don't know what Night 2 has in store, but can't wait to see. All right, thanks for that, Michael. We'll uh, check in with you a little later in the show as well. But sheesh, 200 Gray Streets? It's that is outrageous. I love it. <laughs> a third of them almost. <laughs> You've seen a third of the Gray Streets. That is impressive work, my friend. But yeah, we think the variety was, was definitely great. Um, just not sold on some of the songs uh, being chosen. Um, hopefully like something like Smooth Riders, just a one-time thing, in which case, who cares? Doesn't matter. Yeah, fingers crossed moving forward. And moving forward into night two, which was a much better show, in our opinion. Fiddler's Green Night 2, Why I Am opener, love that. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a great way to pack a punch to open the show. And then you you know, go, go Grace is Gone in the two slot, which is, I mean, you are bam, banana, and then really soft and smooth, easing you in. It's Those are two really different songs. But two great songs and two songs that remind me of Leroy um, and yeah. Grace. We, you know, we were just talking about you know things that we love about Buddy, and this is one of them. Grace is gone. Peak Buddy Strong. This is where he yeah. really shines on the piano. Oh yeah, Buddy was made for this song, and hmm, I'm just picturing him laying down the keys at the Gorge this weekend with that backdrop and mm, I always think of Gorge O2 with Grace is Gone and oh yeah and that particular version that you're probably thinking of is was the opener night two and there's a little lick in here that Buddy does that is reminiscent of one of my favorite Roy licks of all time on that Grace is Gone and him and Carter Buddy and Carter seem to almost mimic that exact thing um, which was pretty cool. I was like, ooh, maybe a shout-out to Roy. They, they didn't do it on purpose, but we can always kind of dream. <laughs> <laughs> and um, speaking of dreams, Grace is Gone segueing into Warehouse. That's kind of a dream. Mm, I'd love to know the number of times that's happened because it can't be many. It, it can't be, and Almanac doesn't even list it as a segue. Almanac, guys, if you're listening, and by the way, we will have you on the pod very soon. Um, you need to turn that into a segue because it... You know, let's give it to it. Let's go. Yeah, just make it a segue. Everyone loves segues, and especially when it goes into warehouse with the improv intro. Um, Dave has some nice 
Nice stuff going on here, Bruce. Oh yeah, I love when Dave does his improv lyrics. Um, doesn't do it as much anymore, but that's okay, I guess. But right here he does, and I mean, the warehouse old school intros that they've been doing for these years, every single time, I love it. This one's yeah. great, and just a little improv every now and then is fantastic. Just kind of like they did um, a little bit later, a song or two later with Don't Drink the Water. You had to kill the preacher, partial tea, whatever you want to call it. But uh, then they do about 30 or 40 seconds of uh, some instrumental, which is nice. Yeah, man. Kind of has an old school feel to it. They used to, and we'll talk about this later on in the show, but uh, used to do stuff like this all the time. Not not so much now, but I'm glad it's happening with Don't Drink the Water. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Don't Drink the Water is from our favorite album before these crowded streets. And so mm. is uh, this next song, which is finally making an appearance this year um yes <sighs> hey spoon how you doing i want to spoon you you beautiful gorgeous song <laughs> you oh man yes it's back and you know what they absolutely nailed it they did that's uh, i mean what why don't they play it it wasn't a long crazy drawn out version it was tight they didn't add any sort of crazy flair they had uh rashawn was on muted trumpet the entire song which was a nice touch um jeff fantastic is always on it they didn't add a tim solo or anything i mean it was they nailed it uh, i didn't hear any flubs whatsoever did you zero flubs um which is impressive when you uh are liberating a song that hasn't been played since August 30th, 2014, out at the Gorge with friend of the show, Brandy Carlisle and Mike McCready. So Ooh. check that one out if you haven't haven't heard that one. Yeah, and I don't think they've played it without a guest since 2013, um, like six years ago. I mean, this song is perfect for the band. When, uh, when I saw it, the only time I saw it in 2010... They, you know, that's one of the best ones of all time, which they haven't played all that many versions. So, you know, there's a handful of <laughs> of the 20 times that they played it. There's a handful of the best, you know, the top five versions that Sivo one is in there. And this one is this one is great. Carter starts to go nuts on the outro. They didn't extend the outro too long for him to get crazy tired. It's perfect. They need to play this for sure at the Gorge, but they need to play this a lot next summer, too. I think they did a great job with it. Oh, me, too. And uh, backtracking a little. The last time it was played without a guest was July 27th, my dad's birthday, uh, 2013. There we go. And it did not feature Rashawn. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this one did. Yes. And you will hear it right now because he has a slight muted trumpet sound going on in the background. And they, I think they layered this version perfectly. Enjoy this. We are going to play the entire thing. So um, if you don't want to listen to it, then I don't know what's wrong with you, but it's about five, <laughs> six minutes long. But here you go. Spoon, baby. Welcome back. Yes. 
this is my white whale. This is the big one that I am still chasing. And if you listened last week, which you should have, um, I missed Spoon at Seaville night one, 2010. I was there for night two, missed it night one. Haunts Oof. me to this day. So, Oof. guys, please play it more. Thanks. Yes. I would love to see it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, a great version like we talked about. And um, I kind of thought Tim was going to rip it a little bit, but a, a very, very subdued T- Timothy Reynolds on this one, which is okay. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to have him rip everything. We do love when he does. Maybe yes. the uh, next version of Spoon can have a nice Tim solo. Next up is Best of What's Around, and I think the run of Don't Drink the Water, Spoon, Boa is, I mean, it's tough to beat that run. Oh, yeah, very delicious. Scrumptralescent, even. Um, huh. And then next you have Again and Again, a.k.a. Bob Law, which I'll forever call it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, obviously slowed down tremendously since... It was first played back in 2016, um, but this version is especially slow and kind of awkward. Yeah, it is. I don't know what was going on there. There's actually a video um, from the front row of the pit, I believe, that shows the song starting, and it seems like Dave is kind of like motioning to speed it up as he's doing his weird, awkward, no guitar dance, um, but while still smiling, but they don't ever speed it up, so I was wondering if he was doing that. It kind of looks like it. But it does sound weird. Um, there's no way to explain it, so we're just going to let you hear it. This is the um, sort of awkward beginning to uh, Again and Again. was awkward but you know what wasn't awkward mid-set she which is something we have been calling for on the pod Mm. variation of she instead of coming late in the set kind of looming almost like a jimmy thing but not quite like that uh moving it up (laughs) earlier in the show we like that i like she especially the album version it's really really good on the album they just sound so good dave's voice is perfect on it you know you know it's um his voice gets a little raspy sometimes uh live but i really like the album cut of it it's a good song they've added a couple of things in there with you know the buddy and a tim solo that they moved up and yeah you're right i mean i'd like to see it even further up in the set earlier in the show it's a it's a decent song i like it from uh you know it's one of the better songs off of uh come tomorrow absolutely yeah we liked it we had heard that it was one of the best songs off come tomorrow before it came out and yep. we're like, what how could a song called she be the best out like what is that <laughs> well we don't understand yeah um, i remember being told that it was a uh this one is like the hard rocker and i was like what? yeah yeah the song slaps we love it um <laughs> then you get you and me cool next up seek up which was great oh yeah they've been Almost ever since I had slightly complained about Seek Up, they have turned in Mm. 
each version has been like better than the other one. Um, yeah. This intro is fantastic. Fonz, you are absolutely destroying right now. This is one of the better seek up intros with Fonz that I can remember. We, I mean, if you've listened to this pod uh, for long enough, you know how much of fans we are of Stefan Lassard, especially when he's turned up yes. and he's turned up right here. Oh, he's not just turned up. He's turned up. He is <laughs> slapping that bass on this intro. Let's listen to it. Fantastic. Jeff, Rashawn, Fonz, Carter, all of you. Great job. And the rest of the set is uh, pretty standard. I mean, you know, you get Write a Song, Nancy's, all that stuff's pretty cool. And the encore is pretty good with uh, anyone seeing the bridge into too much, into ants. That's a nice way to end the show. Um, overall, for the weekend, you know, it seemed like Dave's voice was a little more raspy. I think sometimes when he gets in altitude, that, uh, that happens. But, um, you know, hopefully it's resting up for the gorge coming up and... Nolan teased a little earlier that we have another audio review from our man, Michael DePonio, and let's hear what he had to say about Night 2. Uh, this show opened with a very powerful YIM, and the second song was one of my favorites, Grace is Gone, and the piano work that Buddy does at the end is just phenomenal. This song went right into Warehouse, which was another highlight for me. 
there seem to be more defined lyrics for Kill the Preacher, which seem to be the way this song has been going lately. Uh, I don't really need to say anything else other than Spoon. Uh, unbelievable tour debut. Did not expect that at all. Uh, a great best of what's around. Uh, then one thing I noticed with Again and Again from the new album, I do like this song. However, it really seemed to be slow. The tempo seemed to be a little too slow for me. Uh, one of my favorite 18-minute seek-ups that I've ever seen. Everybody seemed to have a great solo in this song. And I thought the encore, Some Devil, eh, that's okay. But when you do bridge into too much into ants, very solid. Very solid night, too. Absolutely agree with that, Mr. 400 Plus. That was a solid night, too. Uh, we're glad you got to go there, especially since you aren't able to catch many shows. Um, <laughs> ha, just kidding. But glad you had a great weekend. Thank you for the two reviews. And uh, we're going to hit up our West Coast correspondent for The Gorge this weekend. So stay tuned for more of that. And if you're listening to this, we recorded before the Utah show. So if anything interesting happens, we'll cover it next week. Um, if it doesn't, we won't. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But hopefully they do have a good show out in Utah. Moving on to the gorge we are and moving on to this week in DMB history, which is also a show from the gorge, but all the way back in lovely 2001. And that's August 26, 2001. The third night at the Gorge Amphitheater that year, we found a little gem of a show. Nolan, this was a pretty good one. This was a great one, and uh, you know, an interesting year in the band's history. A lot going on, and a lot going on in this show. But you know what? Let's just get right into it. We have an improv uh, jam into 41 opener, and it's not really a jam, kind of light noodling. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a, you know, improv dave kind of strums the guitar which is uh going to be a theme for this show and mm -hmm. it's sort of almost like the cadence to the mercy guitar riff um you can hear it right now and he's just kind of finger picking and they're on stage chatting and all that stuff and here we go 41 opener that is so awesome um and it can open any show that i'm at i don't know about you yes please 41 is one of our favorites, even though Norlander assigned it to the UNC Tar Heels last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yikes. and we also mentioned that the 41s we didn't like were the ones with the everyday outro. Well, this is <laughs> one with the everyday outro coming smacking us right in the face from the beginning. Yes, it is. And I had forgotten that Dave was the culprit of this, that he started the everyday outro on 41. Because yeah. uh, I guess the last time... The everyday outro was a thing the crowd kind of started it up um and that's what i remember uh but no dave i yeah. didn't i did not like the everyday no, outro. no thanks but that's okay the rest of the song was goat oh yeah it was fantastic and you know we wouldn't normally highlight satellite on the pod which is coming up next but there's a nice instrumental well nice dave solo intro where he mm -hmm. plays um this one of my favorite licks that he has ever done yeah. um, several times over. It's only about 20 seconds, and we're going to play it for you right here. Mm 
that's just gorgeous. I love that. If you want a um, high-res version of this, Livetracks 31 from Camden has it on it as well. Um, so there's your official, officially released version. And I remember learning this on guitar just because I was listening to Livetracks 31. I was like, I have to learn. This is unbelievable. I don't know why I love it so much, but I do love it. I need it in my finger-picking life right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, same here. And that is such a... Once you learn that satellite riff, you don't forget it. It's crazy how, uh, I don't know, the muscle memory of how unique uh, that song is played on guitar is, it's an all-time riff. Oh, for sure. And, you know, this noodle improv sort of intro, I mean, he did it a couple of times, um, this specific one, but it's, I love when Dave would do that stuff, just, you know, having a riff or something that was in his head and he would do it before the song starts. And it's just, I wish that they would do that more. Um, and he does this yeah. for quite a few songs in this show. Yeah. And I mean, nowadays it's the song ends, they take a break, the next song begins. But, you know, this show reminded me listening to the whole thing, like, man, he, he was just like always itching to play something on guitar like it's like he could not stop yeah and i guess as, as they've gotten older that uh the noodling uh in between little jams that that doesn't really happen uh so often anymore maybe the only time it happens is really with uh, the kill the preacher before mm -hmm. um why i am or don't drink the water yeah for sure i think that that's exactly probably the reason is just getting a little older and you want to conserve your energy a little bit um, and they did not, I mean, Dave, by the way, Dave's voice is very shot during this show, um, but they waste no songs on his voice. They do not care at all. And they no. kick into a drive-in, drive-out right now, which is always awesome. The band kind of carries Dave here. And then an interesting nugget or an interesting <laughs> placement here for Mother Father with the Lovely Ladies. Um, welcome to the podcast, Mother Father. I don't think we've mentioned you once. No, we have not. And Bruce, please explain to me how much we like this song. <laughs> I think, I mean, <laughs> I just I don't mind it whatsoever, honestly. Um, it's got a nice guitar intro. Again, we're talking about Dave yeah. and his guitar. It's a beautiful, cool little thing that they don't do. That Really, I can't say that it's like anything else that they've done, which is awesome i love when they do stuff that's unique mm -hmm. no i agree and uh i don't know i i couldn't tell you the last time i even listened to this song uh like any version of it um, oh wow you're not listening to like all the albums all week just every week and just cycling through them what are you doing no i already went through that phase um back <laughs> in high school so yeah. yes yeah but yeah no i like i like this song it's not like earth-shattering music from the band but i would take this over plenty of songs that they're playing now especially if it was just like a one-time thing like mix it up throw that in um i agree that way at least some people can say they've seen it and cross it off their list maybe yeah 100 percent. yeah what's going on there i don't i don't know um if you're gonna bring back smooth rider why don't you bring back mother's father i don't know Ugh. maybe they maybe dave just absolutely hates it i don't know but don't know. Um, we're gonna play just about two minutes of this and if you'll listen in You'll notice, again, lovely ladies are there, and they're kind of like a de facto horn section with how they're singing. They're not really singing per se, but more just kind of providing like a bop-bop, bop-bop sort of thing. And yeah. it kind of reminds me of what um, 
the horn section nowadays would do if they played it. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but uh, you're going to hear it right now and make up the mind, make up your mind for yourself. I know that 2001 gets a lot of hate and, you know, sometimes rightfully so, but something like that is exactly why it's worth revisiting sometimes. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely a unique tour. Have some unique things that uh, that happen later in the show, um, but this one, a standard, what would you say um, that Roy absolutely owns? And uh, Dave has some nice fills on the jam. Oh, yeah, and I don't... I don't know if we've played What Would You Say yet. We may have played a version or two, but this one just really stood out, honestly, to mm-hmm. both of us, and we wanted to play a little bit of it. Roy, this is, whoa, you're the man, and we miss you yet again. And why don't we just go ahead and jam on it. Turn this up. If you're in the car, turn it way up. Let's go.
Dang, I miss Roy. Mm, that was nice. And uh, another thing that I miss, but in a much different way, is an early Jimmy thing. <laughs> a much different way, yes. Yeah, I know we harp on this a lot, especially early on in the pod. Early in the set, Jimmy um, will take it. And you know what else we'll take? Dave doing his acoustic guitar solos on Jimmy. And yes. gosh, oh, we missed that. Oh, man. So good. All of them used to be so good. And this one is especially good. I think Dave was just itching to get to this Jimmy thing solo, seeing all the improv he had been doing uh, leading into almost every song. But he, I mean, he shows off some of his chops. And it's it's not that Dave is a shredder. I mean, no, he's not. He, his rhythmic, his abilities to just provide these rhythmic riffs are just uncanny and it's so unique and so cool and it some of it sounds like oh that's easy but if you actually get in and try to do some of the stuff that he's doing it's not that easy dave is really good at this stuff he's an underrated uh guitar player and you know we don't know how good he is because he doesn't do this stuff anymore and a lot of people (laughs) don't even know that he did do this stuff oh i know i mean obviously we became fans Kind of in the, what did you say, the midway point in the band's history? Yeah, I mean, we both kind of became fans earlier than that, but as far as yeah. real fans, yes. Yeah. I mean, right there around that 02, 03 was when we really started getting into it. Yeah, and that was around um, when the Jimmy solos were kind of stopping, and I don't, yeah, I don't think one has happened since the 2004 tour, um, which makes us sad. Damn it. Yeah, it does make us sad. So in order to um, rehab our just awful, awful feelings, we need to listen to this right now. Dave, save us.
All right, and we'll jump ahead to Long Black Veil again with the lovely ladies. Um, Bruce. And it was a long Black Veil. Yeah. Extended version. Um, so, yeah, check that out if uh, if you feel so inclined. We're not going to play it for you. Um, but No, there's a nice butch solo, yeah, that I think they should check out, but I don't know if they're going to want to necessarily check out the entire thing. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of the Angels from back in 01 with um, the ladies sometimes calling out a few band members or something like that and then wailing. Um, great voices, oh, ladies. So inventive and creative. Just, <laughs> man, yeah, what, a, what a concept. Shouting out band members' names during a beautiful song. <laughs> they didn't necessarily do that here, but it was sort of reminiscent. Yeah. Um, but the Butch solo, it's good. Go listen to the Butch solo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they pick back up with uh, so much to say here. Always solid. Dave kind of lets the crowd end so much to say as he is wickedly struggling with his voice. And then another Dave Noodle. Nolan, which one is this? Well, this is a noodle with some substance. This is like mm-hmm. this is like a tagliatelle uh, noodle. Here, uh, we go. I thought you'd like that. We go build you a house tease. Mm-hmm. Which, if you are unfamiliar with build you a house, that is fine because a lot of people are unfamiliar with it because it was never released, and there is like one recording of it. Yep. Yep, and there's um. I mean, I don't think it has been teased at all or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it's been anything at all has been done since 01, since maybe even this version. Um, It's only shown up technically a time or two on stage. And I think the other one you'd recognize is Live Track 16 from Riverbend back in 2000. And fun fact... um, that was actually one of the sticking points for selecting that show. Um, that and Prelude to Grace, I believe. Mm. But it's a cool riff by Dave. You'll hear it. It was messed with a lot back in the sound checks in 2000. Um, I think the Almanac kind of speculates whether or not that was done in sound checks. I can confirm that it was multiple times done in sound check in 2000. Um, a little bit of the history of Build You a House, it was actually one of the first Lily White session songs. And it was abandoned actually very early in the process. Obviously, they decided that they hated it or they thought it sucked <laughs> or something. It was a decent guitar part. Um, and it actually, the part that you will hear here was transitioned into a different style of the same thing when they did the chorus to Everybody Wake Up. You know how. A lot of times Dave's guitar stuff will sound similar throughout. I mean, it's a guitar. Like, it's only got a maximum number of things it can do. Um, It became the chorus of Everybody Wake Up. And let's just go ahead and play this Build You a House tease.
Yeah, I love that guitar riff. It's good stuff, Dave. Um, I'm glad it was used for something. Uh, I actually like Everybody Wake Up. That's fine. A lot of people don't, but whatever. Um, yeah, I think they could bring it back like they did in 2012. That was, those were some good versions. Yeah, I was I was a fan of those. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a nice transition into Lie in Our Graves, and I thought this was a great version of this song. Um, I liked what Boyd was doing on it. Mm-hmm. Bruce, you liked what Butch was doing on it. Yeah, I I sometimes like the more sleepy and um, beautiful piano stuff. I know a lot of people complained about the old graves and bartenders uh, with the extended butch stuff. I kind of like them. I understand people that don't really like that in their DMB music, and that's okay. Um, But I've always been a fan of it, and yeah, I could just see myself relaxing and lounging to that, and I really did like it. Yeah, I'm on the kind of on the other side of the fence where i like more of the energy and uh to energies yeah the energy yeah it's not in my opinion the dmb sound um mm-hmm. butch taylor was not my favorite and now it just sounds like i hate keyboardists which is not yeah true. i mean what the what is going on here you've hated on butch and buddy i love both of them by the way wow yeah <laughs> uh i think butch again i think butch got uh too much um hmm, i want to go with airtime uh and he was always tuned up so high in the mix um especially his last few years like in 06 yeah. 0506 oh, yeah. it was you couldn't even hear dave's guitar because of butch which i know like we talked about uh gray street i think um you couldn't hear the 12 string which is a very loud guitar because of uh how loud butch was turned up which i completely understand um and you know nolan here he's a fan of the loud energetic songs so he was beside himself at the next song which was i did it with the lovely ladies nolan i mean how how bad did your head hurt from headbanging to this song top 10 song in the band's catalog (laughs) don't at me hot take (laughs) that's scorching hot no that is not true uh I, i do not hate i did it I don't think it's a good song, but it it's one of those songs that is what it is. But my God, if there was a way to make this song worse, it's by adding the lovely ladies to it. I just, good God, man. They're just, they're not good, but whatever. Um, I'll get into that later a little more. Um, I did think it was funny at the very end of this song recording. It's quiet. And some fan, some fan just screams, Lily White! <laughs> I think that was probably Stefan. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. But that, or it could have been Lily White. <laughs> he just planted in the crowd. That would be amazing. Oh, gosh. But that, that made me laugh. Um, yeah, but then next we get Grace is Gone again uh, at the Gorge. Ooh. Oh man, just that song is so perfect for the gorge. It is so beautiful. This is another great version. This is a more of an earlier version. It sounded a little bit had a little bit more of that country twang, had a little more Boyd in there. I love that. And they just it's always been such a beautiful song. It's perfect, like I said, for the gorge. And another great song is song that Jane likes. And we have always loved that song fantastic another great version here i think dave slightly messes up 
at the end, but that's okay. We don't care. Um, and then they bring it back with another everyday song. And it's one of my favorite everyday songs. Hot take. I have always loved the space between. Oh, same here. I totally agree. One of the best everyday songs. Um, and I like the way it was originally played and recorded um, with the baritone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like the way it's played now on the uh, raised B. So <laughs> I've I thought of it yesterday, and I like the way that the song is played until the ending part now on the raised B. And then mm-hmm. I liked the end after he finishes singing with Roy playing that melodic I like that and they kind of had this just ethereal ambiance ending I'm not sure what I would call it but it was just it was so spacey and beautiful you just lay yeah. there and be like ah yep. and I wanted it to just go on and on and on they do that a little bit now but it's a little different and I still like it but I liked the way that it was then that mm-hmm. way and yeah and the raise b part to begin now uh, just whatever yes we can cut and paste space between and it would be awesome yes uh and it i don't know if like that's why people don't like it as much is because it seems like the band maybe like never really liked it or knew what to do with it i don't know um, i think it's because kinda... it was a single people tend to like mm. not like singles for some reason yeah that's fair. Um, or and maybe it's it because the lovely ladies guested on it. Uh, that might be a reason, <laughs> too. Because as Are you soon Steve as... Lillywhite? Like, you seem to really not like the ladies, as Lillywhite has shown to also not really like the ladies. Well, he's a smart man. So, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I, I grabbed my phone to go to the next song as soon as they came in on this one. Um, they come in with the hold you again and just scream it. Oh, it was very loud. And next week we will bad. have the lovely ladies as a special guest on the podcast. <laughs> no, we will not. And uh, I will say clearly I'm I'm just not a fan of the lovely ladies. Uh, nothing against them. I just don't think their sound or their vibe fits with DMB's vibe at all. Um understandable i'm all for female singers guesting on songs we've seen some great ones over the years but the lovely lady sound is i think it was just like too much it's just yeah it's too much and just it just sounds like nonsense with their like just (laughs) screaming and it it just seems like they don't know what they're doing and nothing could be more evident of this than the 2015 rooftop versions with the lovely ladies (laughs) i it's mm, it's up there with the Smooth Riders, and I like Rooftop, but whew, the lovely ladies, I think, make... I I think they detract from every song that they play on. <laughs> well, let's get Nolan off of this cliff that he is uh, teetering over. <laughs> Thanks. I, he is, yeah, he is far off the rails there. here. Um, we need a captain of this ship to steer us back in the right direction. And what better way to do it than a Dave solo partial captain right here played on the 12 string because they're about to go in the gray street and Dave, why didn't you play this song full? I mean, 
he <laughs> teased it or played it partially 13 times in the 2001 tour, and it was not fully played uh, full band until Camden the next year in 02. I mean, what the hell? Lily White Sessions, man. Was that they still had that PTSD from the Lily White Sessions? I yeah. guess I don't know. Well, he but. obviously wanted to play it. They just he kept teasing it and stuff. Like Norlander said last week, what other band do you know um, does stuff like that? I mean, thirteen times in a tour where you just did that and noodled around with it. And I think that was back in the day when fans were clamoring for that. Um, it was I think also Big Eyed Fish was one they were clamoring for, and Dave teased it a lot. And finally. You know, acquiesce to their demands. Either way, this is kind of a neat captain here, um, small partial. So we'll go ahead and let you guys hear Dave's tease of the captain. Yeah, that was a cool tease by Dave there. And I like it seemed like he was doing a little bit of finger picking on the twelve string, which not easy to do. And next up we have the namesake of the pod, Gray Street. And you know what? Here's a version where they finally say the corner of Gray Street in the end of the world. That's right, the third verse is still intact in two thousand one, people. Oh yeah, it was. And he says Gray Street actually a lot. Um, back in these versions, he said the song name actually in the song what a what a concept and he says it so much and it made us so happy that we're just gonna play it right here because i mean this is the corner of gray street podcast we need a version of gray street that actually says it so thanks dave here you go
damn you, Conan O'Brien, making the band cut that third <laughs> verse for your late night show. Unbelievable. <laughs> you just think because you have great hair that you can do whatever you want to our oh, favorite you guys band. Have great hair. I so don't jealous. think so. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways. I guess at least they didn't cut this next part uh, to this song that we love, and that is Leroy Moore on the intro to the set closing, Ants Marching. Man, I, this is fantastic. Yeah, it really was. Let's just uh, play a couple seconds of this real quick. stuff from the ants closer and then we have a unique encore with angel from montgomery and jtr Ooh, Ooh. very very nice that is really unique an angel from montgomery that featured boyd singing uh the first two verses which that was standard for full band versions and then in the chorus dave and boyd would obviously harmonize and then dave would take the final verse and roy again another beautiful solo here on angel from montgomery that we're going to play Real short and just so, so great. Angel from Montgomery is a top 10 DMB cover of all time. Um, oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, it's really good. And then you have JTR with the lovely ladies, of course, to end the show. Boyd and Roy do some nice stuff on the intro. Um, but, yeah, a JTR closer to end the Gorge weekend. That is so cool. Yeah, I think they should do it this year. What do you think? Oh, that would be awesome. And speaking of the Boyd and Roy in the intro, it's not much. It's just really subtle. Um, it's just stuff that, you know, they can't do now. But it was it just something that has a little texture to the song. And I really, really do like that and do miss it for JTR. But yeah, what a cool th- way to end the weekend. I'm sure, you know, after three nights, the band was probably ready to uh, get off the stage. They're probably tired. But you know, they weren't going to leave anything out there as they close with a 
just sick. JTR. What a cool show. That was unique. That was fun to listen to, Nolan. I don't know the last time that I listened to a 2001 show in full. It may have been um, when I got Live Tracks 31. Oh, wow. I was going to throw it even farther back to uh, Live at Folsom Field. So. Oh, yeah. Um, which is actually one of my favorite live releases. I listened to it a ton back in the day. Me too. Um, but yes, it's always fun to kind of get some stuff that's a little bit different. It you know changes the palette a little bit, and you just a lot of stuff that you know some things that we don't get at all now, um, and just different sound. Even though Dave's voice was shot, it was still fun, and it's still obviously sometimes fun to hear how you know he goes through a malady like that that he was you know, having to go through something that was tough on his voice. He had to change the way he sang a couple songs. It's just interesting to see or hear. Yeah, he gutted it out for this one. Um, and I I think it's one of the better 2001 shows. Um, you know, not that we've listened to all of them because it was a up and down tour. But um, yeah, it's just cool to see. Here's like a snapshot of the band in this time period um, in their career when a lot of stuff was going on and they had changed their sound dramatically. The way the first three albums sounded to every day was a big change. Oh yeah. It was a very interesting time. You know, like you said, they're going from that, you know, the Lily white sessions aborted going into every day. Fans are like, what the hell is going on? Why is Dave playing all these, you know, baritone electric guitar? What is the sound? Um, you know, we've got the ladies more so than we've had them in the past. Just songs people were not wanting to hear because they wanted to hear those Lily White sessions. So it was very, very interesting. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there with the band not being in the studio completely for every day. You know, Dave writing the songs with Glenn Ballard in 30 seconds. Mm. Um, you know, there was just a lot of different things going on at this time. But the band still seemed to be having fun. They yep. were as tight as ever. There's a lot of good musical stuff from 01. And absolutely, it was just something that we decided, you know, if Smooth Rider is going to make an appearance, we're going to go back and dig into 2001 for this week in <laughs> B- DMB history. <laughs> oh, so yeah. um, that's what we did. Yeah. And I feel like you can almost, it feels like Dave, at least Dave, or the entire band is just kind of itching to play some of those Lily White session songs and, you know, busted stuff doesn't come out until a year later. So I don't know. I just, this time period is just kind of shrouded in mystery and we need Matt Norlander to uncover the truth with Mr. Lily White. We are eagerly, anxiously awaiting that podcast uh, to come out so we can, kind of understand a little bit more about what's going on in this time period um but yeah that was uh this week in dmb history i know we were a little uh more negative than we are um typically in our podcast we like to kind of toe the line of just right down the middle and lean toward optimistic but um you know sometimes we got to call it the way it is too and uh and that's okay so thanks for putting up with all of us all of that this week yeah, 100%. And, you know, in the end, this is not a, we're not having a bitch fest here. You know, we just, like Nolan said, calling it like it is sometimes. And at the end of the day, it's still our favorite our favorite band playing music. You know, this isn't something yeah. that we lose sleep over. This isn't something that, um, 
you know, ruins our day, they're still making music and, you know, shocker, we still listen to these songs in the car and stuff, okay? We still sing along at times. These are sometimes guilty pleasure songs that we may be yeah. complaining about. Um, it's just sometimes you have to talk about it and say things that you may not like as much as other things because, you know, the other things that we do like are on such a high pedestal that sometimes you just have to, you can't always reach those other, you know, the status of those other things. But yeah, awesome way to close out that 01 show there. And as we move on to a couple of uh, tidbits that we wanted to get to in modern day DMB, Nolan. Yeah, so there's a cool thing going on with uh, XM Radio currently where you can win a trip to see a Dave solo acoustic performance at the Sirius XM Studios in Los Angeles. And uh, my wife will probably kill me, but I I submitted an application for it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so full disclosure here, we both submitted applications for this and if we win we will obviously probably be taking gray street pod on the road and going to la and not taking our significant (laughs) others they are probably first learning of this right now and it would be Mm -hmm. immediately following my bachelor weekend in Asheville. so they would both be extremely pumped that we would Mm -hmm. be doing this I'm, i'm sure that they also submitted resumes for us to uh win uh, Sirius XM, if you're listening, which I know you are, what's up, Ari and um, and <laughs> company? We want to win this, and we want to be out there live at the garage in LA on Wednesday, September 11th, for this Dave Solo acoustic show. Yeah, uh, that would be amazing. My wife will be 36 weeks pregnant then, um, <laughs> so and she's already allowing you to come on the Bachelor trip. <laughs> Yes, she's amazing. Uh, I love her dearly. I will probably uh, be listening to this uh, <laughs> along with the rest of you um, because it will be broadcast on Thursday, September 12th at 5 p.m. on DMB go. Radio Channel 30. So, yeah, that's the more likely scenario uh, for me. Probably the better choice for you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it seems like it's a serious XM radio audience, you know, subscriber audience only, apparently. Mm-hmm. But it seems like an awesome thing. I'm glad they're doing it. Um, if they do more of these things, it leads me to believe that these every year DMB radio things aren't going to be just one-offs every so often. I think that, you know, once you start building stuff like this and start doing special things more and more often... I think there's going to be a little bit of a permanent change coming at some point to Sirius XM radio channel lineup, but we'll save Ooh. that for later. And maybe you'll hear us on there one day. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, I think we would do a great job. We both have yes. uh, faces for radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Speak for yourself, on, dude. Sorry. I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's, there's a reason that you know in one of our pictures we're turned around from the camera and just showing the back of our short uh, of our shirts. And speaking of our shirts, you may see one out at the gorge this weekend. Shout out Corey. Uh, he let me know yesterday that he is headed out to the gorge. I believe tomorrow. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter tomorrow. You're going to be listening to this, but uh, on Wednesday, and you may see a corner of Gray Street shirt out there. If you do, that is our buddy Corey. Say hello. Shout him out. Let us know if you see it, and you will also possibly see some of our 
limited number of stickers. We have small Gray Street Pod stickers. Very rare, very limited, very awesome. Check out DMB Gorge Crew out there at the Gorge, which I'm sure a lot of you will be looking for them. They will have a few of our stickers. Very limited edition. So get yours before they run out. Yeah, got to get them while, while you can. Everyone that's traveling out there, stay safe. Um, have a blast. Make sure you cover up at night. It gets a little chilly, apparently. Um, and just enjoy the gorge for what it is. It is just DMB Mecca. You know, just have a blast and don't worry so much about what songs the band is playing. Just enjoy where you are because I can tell you one thing Nolan and I are going to be having major FOMO for um mm. you know quite a quite a while this weekend yes we will but uh gosh yeah everyone enjoy your labor day weekend in george washington at heaven's <laughs> amphitheater <laughs> yes it's amazing um, it really is oh but we're, we're waxing on too long nolan we are just way off the rails here all of the people going to gorge by the way, if you haven't heard our Matt Norlander episode yet again, check it out. It is like a perfect length of episode for the drive, I believe, from Seattle out to the gorge, just right under two hours. I think the drive may be a little longer, but check it out. Um, go back to episode 11 and check that out. Um, shouts to Nolan yet again for getting, um, for doing the legwork to get Matt, and thanks to Matt yet again for joining us. Um, he was awesome, and... Yeah, everyone, enjoy the gorge. We hate you. Um, and Sirius XM, Channel 30, yet again, Friday night concert series. It's going to be very late for us on the East Coast, so we will probably not be tuning in um, live, but who knows? You never know. Nolan, let's get out of here, bud. Yeah, be sure to follow us on our social media channels, at Gray Street Pod on Twitter and Instagram. The Corner of Gray Street Podcast is our Facebook page. Um, you can download and subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast whether it's apple stitcher overcast spotify mm, you know all of them by now so check us out download five stars if you're so inclined and uh yeah want to thank everybody for listening we are right around ten thousand downloads so trying to get over that hump um, oh yeah yeah, we have passed 1,000 downloads for episode one. So to all you people who are still discovering the podcast, thank you for uh, for listening. Absolutely. And that's just, it's fantastic to see all of that. Um, and if you're out at the Gorge this weekend, don't forget that you can reach out to us via email, graystreetpod at gmail.com. Send us you know, a short review, maybe an audio message. We've really enjoyed getting those um, just right around a minute long. Michael DePonio, Mr. 400 plus yet again. Thank you for doing that this week. Perfect. We love that. Um, and hopefully we'll get some from the gorge. Everyone have a great and safe, like Nolan said, Labor Dave weekend. I love that. And yes. enjoy everything about it. Oh, also welcome back college football, college football weekend, everybody. <laughs> I'm excited. Hopefully you are. Thank you guys for joining us yet again. We are completely out of our minds and off the rails this week. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week on The Corner of Gray Street.
Thank you very much, everybody. Take it easy, bro.